what is the full profile of who we are? That's the intrinsic data. And then we pair that with extrinsic data about the opportunities that exist out in the community. So that's the ecosystems, the organizations, the people, the gatekeeping. We get that data from networking. I'm David Ote, and this is The Power of Story and Science, a mix of content and conversations on how to bring your science to life through powerful presentations. What would be your unicorn career? And now that you have experience and perhaps an advanced degree in a technical field, how do you go about creating that career? According to speaker, author, mathematician, and self-professed nerd, Elena G. Levine, what you need is data. Data about yourself and about opportunities. Listen to our conversation and see if you can catch a unicorn. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Power of Story and Science. I'm your host, David Ode, and on this program, we have conversations and content relating to how you can tell the story of your work. If you're a technical professional, if you are someone who gives any kind of analytical or quantitative information in presentations, then, of course, you know that it's important to tell the story and not just unload data. And that's the theme of this program. And I'm so happy to have as my guest today for a conversation, someone I've, whose acquaintance I've made recently, Elena G. Levine. Do you want to say a quick hello? Hi, David. So excited to be here with you today. I'm excited to have you. I'm just so looking forward to our conversation. Um, Elena is a professional speaker, STEM career coach, corporate comedian, author of Networking for Nerds, and I just realized that I've covered up my title of your other book. So tell us the book that you've got coming out that I've not named yet. No problem. Thank you, David. It's called Create Your Unicorn Career. Create Your Unicorn Career. Yes. And uh, that one is not out yet, but will be soon. I'm sure you'll be telling us more about that. So I'd like you to just uh, jump in, Elena, and and tell a little bit about how, uh, how we got to this point and... Uh, why your content is going to be so relevant to my audience. Absolutely. And David, thank you again. I'm so excited to be here. I've had my breakfast, lunch, and dinner of champions, which is seven tacos, four cupcakes, and five cups of coffee. So I am pumped and excited to be here with you. <laughs> so you and I, we share a great love for and appreciation of science communications. But as we know, science has to be communicated if we are to get investments in the field, if we are to engage the public. And so I really appreciate the work that you do as a science communicator, helping scientists and engineers and other nerds, which is also my sisterhood and brethren, build careers that are successful at the intersection of science and communication. My work is at that same intersection. And what I aim to do is help scientists and engineers and non-nerds too, because I am inclusive, find, plan, build, launch, and keep what I call your unicorn career. And your unicorn career is the customized career that we get to design ourselves. It is aligned with our authenticity. It allows us to be ourselves 100% of the time. And it allows us to solve the problems that bring us meaning and use the skills that bring us joy. 
And so my background is very similar to yours, David. I have a performing arts background. I have a degree in mathematics, another degree in anthropology. Then it goes off the rails. I studied abroad in Cairo and I had fluency in Arabic. But all of these things were centered around four threads that have always been common in my life. I've always been excited about STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. I've always been on the stage. I've always loved communications, writing, speaking, the comedy. And I've also always loved business. And since I was at the University of Arizona as a student, I began to realize that it, the, oh, the many different types of career paths I could pursue that created an intersection of those four threads. And that's how we are here today. More specifically, you and I share a contact in common, a colleague of mine and a good friend of mine, Mark Hirschberg. He is the author of the Career Toolkit. He is somebody who we have a long history together. We went to high school together. We went to Hebrew school together back in New Jersey. And Mark is very, very smart and really accomplished in the career development space and has been a teacher, as you know, at MIT and other universities relating to soft skills and entrepreneurship. He introduced me to you, and we had networking for nerds. He, that's right. That's right. We did some nerdy networking, didn't we? <laughs> I did so enjoy the conversation that I had with Mark um, uh, on the preceding episode, and he did put us in touch, and I enjoyed a conversation that you and I had recently where you were telling me a little bit more uh, about your your path, and we found out that we have so many more things in common than I had even realized, uh, a background Amazing. in the performing arts. Um, and, and you were talking about those threads and you said something a moment ago, and I didn't write it down, I should have, because it was something about the, the, the problems we, and I didn't, catch, I didn't write the verb the you problems, said right. Yeah, sure. So the unicorn career allows us to solve the problems that bring us meaning. Solve, that's it, that was it. Solve the problems that bring us meaning and use the skills that bring us joy. Did I get that right? That's it. You got it. <laughs> that sounds so intriguing. How do you how do you teach people to do that? So a lot of it is becoming what I call a career entrepreneur. So what does an entrepreneur do? They look for pain points. They look for problems that have not been solved. They look for walls that are impeding innovation. They look for gaps in systems. And they're specifically looking to fill those gaps, alleviate that pain, knock those walls down. And so what we have to do in building our unicorn career is be cognizant of looking for those pain points, looking for those opportunities to serve communities. That's something that I've done my entire career. When I was in my my second full-time job, I was also working for the University of Arizona for many years. My job was running a master's program that combined science and business. My job, David, was getting nerds jobs in industry. That was my job. And so I was constantly going to you companies and asking them a little bit about what they were looking for for my students, hearing that my students needed soft skills, which they weren't necessarily getting in their physics and their biosciences mm -hmm, education. Right they were also not able to market themselves effectively for those roles. So I started to see patterns emerge. Leveraging my mathematics background, I saw those patterns emerge and I began to realize, ah, those are gaps that exist in the education. And I saw parallels with my own education, David, as many of your listeners probably have as well. I did not get inspired or in 
information about the different types of careers I could pursue as a student of mathematics or any type of student. I was told that it was route to success and that was becoming a professor of mathematics. And if I didn't mm. do that, I was a failure. Oh, no. My goodness, David. Isn't that ridiculous? Oh, it is. I mean, that, that's... Uh, how could you see as, uh, as the only route to success... Uh, going from the classroom as a student back into the classroom as a professor and just That's exactly teaching more, more students what you already knew. There's, there's uh, got to be uh, you know, a, a going out into the world, those ripple effects that we've got to have from getting out there uh, into the world and, and having exposure in the business world to those ideas. It's a multiverse. There are a multiverse of careers we can pursue. Mm -hmm. But to even begin to think about what that multiverse could, could consist of, we have to become career entrepreneurs. So we have to look for problems that haven't been solved. And that's what I did. When I saw that my students were not getting the education, I realized, wait a second, they weren't the only constituents or the only customers who were experiencing that pain. After all, I had experienced that pain, too. Mm -hmm. And the more I investigated this, I began to realize that, indeed, throughout STEM in particular, but honestly, more broadly, in many of the other fields and disciplines, there's just not an emphasis on diversity of careers and diversity of thought in pursuing careers. That was the pain that I saw. And I set out to alleviate that pain. And I ended up launching my business even while I was still working full time with the university, giving workshops and keynotes and training programs about different soft skills and career development, particularly networking. And after I was laid off, thank you, universe, <laughs> I went full time with my business. And so here we are today. So here we are today. So I would imagine from what you just told me that that's a lead in to telling me how effective networking was and you being able to uh, launch a career outside the university. Yeah, so networking is the only way that we get access to hidden jobs and hidden career opportunities. It's the only way that we get access to information about those gaps. And so when you think about networking, not as me trying to get something from you, me trying to trick you or manipulate you into giving me a job or a, a fellowship or an internship or something, but rather the opposite, me trying to uncover what problem you have and how I can help solve it, right. networking becomes flipped. It becomes an act of generosity. And indeed, that's exactly what it is. It is all about trying to help the other person, help, help them advance their goals, achieve their goals, and advance their mission, whatever it happens to be. So networking has helped me immeasurably across the course of my, my life and my career. In fact, my book, Networking for Nerds, and I even write this in the foreword, is a direct result of networking. I had been introduced to the person who ended up being the conduit at Wiley, my publishing company, okay. through a mutual contact. We, she and I, Sarah and I, began talking and thinking about how we could work together. I ended mm -hmm. up doing a webinar for Wiley. We talked more. And then eventually I pitched her an idea for this book, and it led to me getting this, this book contract. Many, many, many experiences in my life, jobs, fellowships, opportunities, money, clients, gigs, you name it, have been, I have gotten as a direct result of networking and not networking to try and get, but networking to give. And it led to me being advanced because when you aim to help the community, after all, you're part of the community too. So we are helping everyone and we're coming together. You and I are coming together, something fresh 
and fun and exciting, kind of like what we're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's a, a, a fresh conversation. I've never had this particular conversation with any of my guests before. Exactly. Uh, now, one of the things that I often hear from uh, people who people in STEM, where I think I don't have the figures on this, but I think we can probably agree that uh, introverts, and I count myself as one, are more uh, are, are overrepresented in many of the STEM fields. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that, yes. And I and, think there's also quiet extroverts as well. And quiet extroverts as well. All right, so I hear many of those people telling me, I hate networking. I never know what to say. So what's the first thing people should do when they find themselves in a networking situation? So first thing, remember, is that you are not alone. Everybody in that networking event, that conference, even that virtual conference, because much of my network, by the networking, by the way, is virtual. It always has been, even before COVID, as I'm sure it is for you as well. Mm-hmm. But number one, remember that we, everybody that's coming together for that engagement, that event, is all interested in networking as well. So we all have the same goals in mind. Number two, if you remember that network, uh, what can I do for the other person as to what can I take? It becomes not a dirty enterprise, but a positive enterprise. Okay. And it becomes something we can do. Number three, remember that it can be uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable the first time. It's uncomfortable the second time. But by the third time, while it's still uncomfortable, it's less so. Okay. And that means by the fourth time, it's even going to be more or less so. And it's easier and simpler the more you do it. So when you're at a networking event, one of my things to do is go up to somebody, and I might see you, David, and we're hanging out, and I see you, David, and I go up to you and I say, hi, David, I'm Elena. Just introduce myself. A lot of people think you need an opening line. You don't. You can literally just go up and introduce yourself. But if you're not sure what to talk about, one of my favorite things to talk about is what's happening around us. Mm-hmm. So let's say we're at a conference for podcasting and you're the keynote speaker, of course. And I go <laughs> up to you and I say, David, I really enjoyed your keynote about effective podcasting. How did you get interested in this topic? So I'm asking you about what we're dealing with right now in the ecosystem, in the time and space. I'm also asking you about something that brings you joy. So that's the other thing is I always want to pivot into joy about the other person. So one of my favorite questions that I often will ask when I meet somebody is, what's the best part of your job? What do you love so much about podcasting? And that gets people thinking about happy thoughts, thinking about joy and why they got into their work. And they're not thinking negative things. They're not uncomfortable. And that happiness disarms them. And then it disarms you because suddenly they're smiling and they're bubbly and they're talking about their favorite subject, which as we all know, 100% of the time is themselves. themselves. So those are my, my top networking tips, but I have others relating to conferences if you want me to share. There's a, a speaker uh, whom I'm fortunate to know and count as something of a, of a mentor as well as a friend. I don't know if you know her, Patricia Fripp, who yes. um, uh, I've heard her say something to the effect that people will not remember the words that you say, but they'll remember how they felt when they heard you say them. Absolutely. And that's what was coming to my mind as you just were describing that networking situation, because you're, you're asking people to access what brings them joy while you're talking to them, which yes. means they're going to associate these good feelings with having a conversation with you. 
Exactly, exactly. And once they make that connection in the neurons in their brain, the next time you reach out, they're going to remember, wait a second, that was the person who reminded me how much I love podcasting or how much I love speaking. So anything you can do to sort of build a relationship based on joy is a great thing. I've seen other people when they engage people for networking purposes, they, you know, you introduce and you say, I work for company X and the person says, Oh my God, what a nightmare that must be to work for company X. I hear it's awful. Oh. Don't do that. Don't, Don't do ever that. say that. <laughs> that's not a good that's not a good look. No. Not a good look. No, because even if it's true, why do you want to bring up those negative associations exactly. in people's minds? Exactly. By the way, David, I got a chance to meet Patricia Fripp at the National Speakers Association Influence Conference yes. a few months ago. It happened that she and I, speaking of looks, we're wearing the same exact blazer on the same day. So we took oh, a snapshot no. of it and I posted online. <laughs> I may have seen that. I didn't realize that. You know, I had a chance to talk with Fripp, as she is called, um, a couple of times um, about the possibility of an NSA speaking engagement, but I never had the chance to get my picture taken with her, which was ah, you know, you definitely... you got to do it. you got to do gotta, it. I should have worn a, a blazer that matched hers or something. <laughs> <laughs> But I do know that um, that would have gotten a laugh out of her because she does take great pride in how she dresses for her uh, speaking engagements and, and yes. uh, conferences yes. and such. Um, so tell me a little bit about this idea of the unicorn career. I, mean, I know we're kind of circling back to that. Um, we've been talking about networking. I guess what I'm looking for is tie those two together for me somehow. Absolutely. So first of all, quick story. When I was graduating from the University of Arizona with my mathematics degree, I did go to my advisor, Dr. Math, and I asked him, what else can I do? Because I, by that time, I realized I didn't want to go to graduate school. I didn't want to become a professor. I knew about being a teacher and going into actuarial studies, and that was it. That was all I knew about careers for math. Mm -hmm. So I went to him and I said, what else can I do with a mathematics degree? And I figured he was going to give me a long list of really fabulous and enchanted careers, because after all, I had majored in the language of the universe. Right. And instead, Dr. Math turned to me and literally used the word nothing. He actually said, nothing. There's nothing I can do. And I was like, how is that possible in the entire history of the universe in billions and billions of years? There's never, ever been a job for a math major other than those three buckets. There couldn't be. That was ridiculous. That's but that amazing. moment was the lighting. That was the lighting of the fire for me to explore that multiverse and see what else is out there. I knew I had these four threads that I loved. I thought I had to put three of them off to the side as hobbies, and I would only do one, math. And what I realized in my first job, which was in science communications, is that I could combine the four together. And that's what got me thinking about the unicorn career. So what I think about in terms of a unicorn career, the customized career that we create ourselves, the approach that I offer my audiences and my coaching clients is the following. If we want to build a unicorn career, we have to gather data, we have to uh, analyze that data, and we have to correlate that data with opportunities. So the two types of data that we, we discover and we explore are intrinsic data, which is data about ourselves. Mm -hmm. What do we love to do? What are we good at? What are our... What are our loves and hates, our needs, our wants, our values, our priorities, our goals, right. our skills? What is the full profile of who we are? That's the intrinsic data. Mm -hmm. 
And then we pair that with extrinsic data about the opportunities that exist out in the community. So that's the ecosystems, the organizations, the people, the gatekeeping, the entry points, the careers. We get that data from networking. Yes, you can do it from secondary source research. You can read the websites, you can watch the videos, but the majority of the really insightful data about how we access those ecosystems, how we build careers in these universes comes from the conversations that we engage through networking. And so when you engage in networking, you are setting the bound, you are setting the stage for you to build a unicorn career because it's giving you access to those pain points People are sharing those gaps in those conversations. And then you're taking the data you've collected about yourself and what you can do, the problems you can solve, and you're creating a bridge, a bridge related to marketing and self-promotion in the moment as a career entrepreneur. Ah, you need somebody who knows how to deal with artificial intelligence and communications in your company that is an energy company. Well, actually, that's my PhD. And I've spent years honing my communications craft in improv groups and on uh, as a comedic, as a comic. I'd be happy to help you. And suddenly you've created a job and an opportunity for yourself. But it's, of course, not just for yourself. It's also for the other person to help them. And That's so right. it's very much tied together. It's really quite exciting. Yeah, it is. And and it's all about being finding the point that's mutually beneficial. Exactly. It's, it's beneficial exactly. for you. And at least as important, if probably not, if not more important, it's beneficial for them or the conversation goes nowhere. Exactly. The definition of networking that I just that I uh, define that I use is networking is a spectrum of activities. So that's important, too, because it's not just me meeting you once and then never speaking to you again. That's that's a conversation. Networking is a spectrum of activities where we're having a exchange of value in a mutual beneficial, mutually beneficial relationship where we're we're starting with that first point of contact. But the beautiful thing is that it is a win-win and we're building a relationship for the long haul. I am investing in this alliance that I'm just developing with you right now so that we can help each other at various points in the course of our careers. Just today, a person that I had worked with in an organization that had hired me for many years as a speaker, this person reached out. She has left that organization and we were talking and we were talking how we could help each other at this new, exciting moment in her career and at this exciting my life as well. We worked together in one form for years and now we're working together in another form. And that's really the beautiful thing about networking. Wow. So let me sum up what I've just heard you saying. You were talking about forming a relationship, not just having a conversation and uh, making it an exchange that's about what's mutually beneficial. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that goes back to the idea of how to help introverts, how to help my fellow nerds feel better when it comes to networking is to recognize that it should be a win-win. Right now, the benefit that you're getting is information and access to that person's brain Mm -hmm. and the, the way that they are moved and motivated by their work. And right now, they are getting inci- excited and uh, in, they are enjoying to learn from you and talk with you. It's an information exchange. Later on, there could be services that are exchanged, but that's not what we're aiming for. We're aiming for a win-win relationship. Aiming for a relationship. Services yep. come later, right? We start off with the yes. relationship. If at all. If at all. 
Exactly. Right, right. Services come later, if at all. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm pondering. You, you've, you've been telling me so much. It's, it's a, kind, of, kind of like a fire hose <laughs> on this end, right? <laughs> no, I love it. I mean, that's what I love. That's why I love talking to you, David, because, yeah. you know, I know how much this work, your work, means so much to you and how many people you're able to impact every day. And, you know, that's, I think, something that we need to think about a lot more when we're networking too, and when we're building our unicorn career, that we have the potential to impact so many people every day. And I don't mean necessarily by being on the front page of the New York Times, which would be fabulous, by the way. I'm talking about one-on-one your networking relationship people, the people that, if that's a thing, networking relationship people, the people that we are building relationships with through networking, we are impacting them every single day. So that's definitely something to ponder. It is. It certainly is. You know, when I think back to the changes in my own career, uh, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, did I do what you were talking about? And when I changed careers, for example, um, Mm -hmm. and I have to say not explicitly in the way you laid it out, um, but sort of uh, implicitly along the way at different stages. And if I'd done all of it up front, I think I would have been more successful launching this second career. I was in broadcast engineering. I didn't start out to be in broadcast engineering. I started out to be in broadcasting. I was more on the content side, or so I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, was looking for a job that would pay my way through graduate school in broadcasting management and had an aptitude for the maintenance side of keeping a broadcasting facility running. So that's the way I went for 25 years and got the highest level of certification from the Society of Broadcast Engineers as a certified professional broadcast engineer. Worked in that field. And one of the things, as I look back on it, that was most valuable for me about that was all the people I had an opportunity to meet, interact, and learn from. I learned so much from people within the Society of Broadcast Engineers, which I was a member of for years and worked for for a number of years. And then what happened was that I got propelled into a job of leading a training effort around a new technology in the broadcast news field. And by the time that was done, and my my listeners will have perhaps heard this before, by the time it was done, after 33 months and we trained more than 10,000 people, uh, I decided that I was kind of done with television. But this whole idea of of training, of, of taking people from a point where they're very fearful and leery of adopting a new technology to a point where they can be excited about using it, seeing how that changed their whole attitude toward their work and by extension toward themselves, I mean, this is really powerful. The, uh, making mm-hmm. a difference to people like that. And this yeah. wasn't one-on-one networking. And yet, I, I, there's a connection there somehow. You know, the, the whole training thing that I'm doing now um, that brought me into contact with you and Mark Hirschberg and Patricia Fripp and others, um, I'm in it because I see the difference that it makes to people. Yes. So, is that my unicorn career? Well, I don't know. I'm solving, uh, I'm, I'm solving more interesting problems now. I've sometimes said that when I was young and stupid, I thought the most interesting problems were the ones you solved by figuring out the right way to connect boxes and wires. <laughs> and now, and now I the realize, boxes and wires are in here. Because now I realize the most interesting problems are the ones you solve by connecting people. There you go. Which is what you're talking beautiful. about, connecting people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a beautiful way to put it. And I also used to think that impact 
meant large amounts of people. I remember when my, in my first job, with the, when I graduated, I, I started working with the physics department. I was the director of communications for the physics department at the University of Arizona. And I remember reading, I was doing so much public relations that I was reading a lot of PR trade magazines. And this was in the late 90s, uh, the late 1690s. So basically when dinosaurs <laughs> roamed the earth, the flat earth. And so when I was reading these trade publications, they were talking about teams of PR people who were helping or a team of PR people that were helping China get the Olympics, the 2008 Beijing Olympics. Mm. They were, of course, planning it more than 10 years in advance. And I remember reading about these people and they were on this team. And I was thinking, it's so excited. It's so exciting. It's so global. They're they're helping the nation get this Olympics. They're they're on you know multinational teams. And here I am in the physics department editing a newsletter. And what I didn't realize, and so it seemed like I was doing such small work compared mm -hmm. to global activities of these of this team. Mm -hmm. And I remember comparing myself to that and thinking, oh man, this really sucks for me. But what I didn't realize, David, was there was a kid in the physics department who was starting as a freshman and he had trouble getting into the dorm. And he came to me and his mother came to me and I really wanted to get him off on the right foot. I asked my boss, the associate department head, he called the residence life. We got him into a dorm, you know, um, basically oh, uh, uh, we circumvented the rules and got him into a dorm. And years later, he wrote me a letter and said it was because of you that I started my education at the U of A on the right foot. And I just wanted to thank you. That is what impact is. That is what the meaning is in my life and your life, clearly, mm -hmm. too. And so that comes from the connections. It comes from the networking and it comes from the support of the community. It does. It does. It really does. The connections. Connections is what it's all about. Exactly. Um, you know, you're, I, I tell people I coach all the time, your information goes nowhere if you don't meet the needs of your audience. And what the audience really needs from you is a sense of connection. A sense yes. that here is someone who is an expert I can understand, trust, and relate to. That yes. that whole connecting, that whole understanding, the, the role of oxytocin that comes through storytelling so that you feel this sense of empathy for someone. It, it's all about connection. It's all about engagement. 100%. So thank you for, for bringing that up. I think that's uh, uh, probably a, a, as good a place as I can think of for us to end. And sadly, we do have to end the conversation. I feel like I could talk to you much longer. I do want to uh, to honor my my time limitations here and uh, bring it back around to how can people follow up with you? I, I'm sure that there are people in my audience who have been so engaged in what you had to say that they're going to want to know more from you. So thank you for that, David. So first of all, uh, your your audience is welcome to connect with me in a couple of ways. You can go to my website, elenalevine.com, and there's a number of different ways that you can contact me there. My email address is elena at elenalevine.com. Also, I use LinkedIn as the primary way to send out free career planning resources, so articles and webinar invitations and tip sheets and templates. If people want to contact me and connect with me on LinkedIn, my LinkedIn is Elena G. Levine. And so please feel free when you connect with me, let me know that you heard me on David's awesome podcast so I can, of course, promote him and then thank you. And so that's how you can connect with me. As a coach, I work with lots of different people relating to uh, in STEM and in, in, in writing and journalism and PR. And I help with entrepreneurship coaching, speaking coaching and career coaching. So I'd love to be able to help 
everyone in your audience build your unicorn career. Your unicorn career. I love that phrase. Well, Elena G. Levine, thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate your taking the time to have this conversation with me. And I know that the audience will appreciate it as well. Thank you so much, David. Such a pleasure. I will, of course, put those uh, links that you were talking about into the program notes so that uh, everybody will be able to find you on LinkedIn and on your website and can email you as well. And for anyone who would like to follow up with me, what I would like for you to do is write down this URL, BreakthroughWithDavid.com. If there is something in your struggle to communicate the essence, the story of your work that I can help you with, Go to BreakthroughWithDavid.com, grab a half hour on my calendar for a free coaching session, and we'll start the conversation there. I look forward to hearing from you, and as always, thank you for being part of the Story and Science community. This has been The Power of Story and Science. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend, leave us a review, or so that you don't miss anything, Subscribe at Podbean or wherever you like to get your podcasts. This program is a production of Speaking of Solutions, LLC. Theme music by Kevin Lufkin. I'm David Odie. Thanks for listening.